Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 40. A man has no goodness of his own and nothing to boast of. The Learner. What is man that you should remember him? What is Adam's breed that it should claim your care? Psalm 8. What has man done to deserve the gift of your grace, Lord? If you abandon me, how can I complain? If you don't answer my prayer, what right have I to object? But this is something I can think and say, and it will be true. Lord, I am nothing, can do nothing. I have no goodness of my own. In nothing do I reach perfection. But I have a constant tendency towards completely, but I have a constant tendency towards nothingness. Unless you help me and work upon my heart, I have become completely lukewarm and lack. Lord, I am nothing, can do nothing. I have no goodness of my own. In nothing do I reach perfection, but have a constant tendency towards nothingness. Unless you help me and work upon my heart, I become completely lukewarm and lax. But you, Lord, are always the same and remain so forever. Always good and just and holy acting always with goodness, justice, and holiness, and arranging all things in your wisdom. As for me, I tend to slip back rather than go forward. Never do I stay for long in any one state, and I must pass through the seven ages of man with all their attendant changes. And yet the moment it pleases you to stretch out your helping hand, I am at once all the better for it. For you alone, without any help from man, can come to my assistance, so strengthening me that I may no longer direct my gaze this way and that at one thing or another, but turn my heart to you alone and there find rest. If only I could do without all comfort that comes from man, either to further my devotion or because I must needs seek you, seeing there is no man who can comfort me. I might well then hope for your grace and rejoice at being given once more your gift of comfort. Every time things go well with me, I thank you because it all comes from you. In your sight, I am but emptiness and nothing, a strengthless, unstable man. So what have I got to be proud of? Why do I long for people to think well of me? Of me? Of nothing? Folly can go no further. Such groundless conceit is indeed a canker of the soul and the height of foolishness. It lures a man away from true glory and strips him bare of heavenly grace. 
So long as a man is foolishly pleased with himself, to you, he is only displeasing. So long as he covets the good opinion of men, he is depriving himself of true virtue. The real way to take pride and be filled with holy joy is to take pride not in oneself, but in you. To rejoice in your name, not in one's own strength, and to find no pleasure in anything created except for your sake. May your name be praised, not mine. Your works commended, not mine. May your holy name be blessed, but let me have no share in the praises of men. You are my pride and glory, the joy of my heart. In you, I will take pride and rejoice my live long day. In myself, I will take no pride, except perhaps in my weaknesses. Let the Jews seek the kind of glory that men give one another. The glory I shall seek is that which is given by God alone. All human glory, all this world's honors, all high positions on earth look meaningless and silly when set beside your everlasting glory. O blessed Trinity, my God, my truth, my mercy, to you alone belong praise, honor, power, and glory through endless ages and ages. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Notice how this chapter is an example, an illustration, a model for what Thomas Kempis is proposing to us. What's he proposing to us? That we not glory in ourselves, but glory in God. That we not rest in ourselves, we not admire ourselves, we not take pride in ourselves, but to rest and admire and take pride in God. And so the chapter begins with a profound statement of the human tendency to laxity and nothingness and mediocrity and sin. And what does it end with? A beautiful praise of the Blessed Trinity. But notice how he characterizes the Blessed Trinity. My God, my truth, my mercy. Why is that important? Because Thomas Akempis is both convinced that left to himself, he's nothing. Left to himself, he just goes down and down and down. Left to himself, he just becomes lax. 
But yet, the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he says, is my God, my truth, my mercy. In other words, there is a place in God for Thomas Akempis. There is mercy in the Blessed Trinity for Thomas Akempis. That he is being called to praise and honor, to give glory and power forever and ever. So what is Thomas Akempis? He's someone who's made for eternal glory. He's someone who's made for an eternal relationship with the Trinity. And somehow, some way, by his creation, he's capable of being in relationship with God. He's capable of sharing in the very life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If God draws him higher, if God gives him the grace, but he's capable of that. And so he's ex doing exactly what we always have to do. We have to keep in mind that we are a praising sinner that we are unworthy of mercy, and yet we have mercy. We are wretched, and yet we're blessed. See, we cannot ever lose sight of both of these things. We have to be held together, and probably we need to copy him. We need to start with distrust of self, start with an awareness of our inherent weakness left to ourselves otherwise we probably won't get back to that point if we just start with god we and trust in god we may never recognize how deeply wounded we are so let us net be deceived by the negative language because look what God has done in Thomas Akempis' heart. Look what he says in these chapters. I mean, this man is very holy. This man has been given grace to long for God alone. For him to understand that the glory that this world can give is nothing compared to God. To know that in a real way, not just a notional way, not just in your head, but to know it in your heart as something that's worth living for, that's something that changes your behavior. That is a profound grace, a profound achievement of God's grace in his life. And he's become that. This book is not writing in an abstract way. This book is writing about something which Thomas Akempis knows and has experienced. He knows what he's talking about. And so let us take heart. We have the same Eucharist that he has. We have the same grace available to us in prayer. Mental prayer and the sacraments. Prayer and the sacraments. No matter how weak we are today, tomorrow with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a new day. When shall we begin to do good, my brothers and sisters? When shall we open ourselves to God's grace and by his mercy and by his strength become what we're meant to become? Children of God the Father, brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, temples of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.